Perek Gimel Mishneches, this is the last Mishnah of Mesechtes Chagiga and of Seder Moed. The previous Mishnah mentioned that at the end of each festival it was necessary for the Kohanim to purify all of the utensils of the Beis Amigdash on account of the fact that presumably all different kinds of people, even Amearetz, touched the Kalim of the Beis Amigdash. And although during the festival Amearetz are judged as Chaverim, as it taught her people, once the festival is over, that your leniency goes away, we now retroactively judge all the kalim that were touched by Amaretz as Tame. As such, they have to be immersed. Our mission elaborates on the specifics of which kalim had to be immersed after the festival is over. Which says, How do we go about purifying the Azara after the end of the festival? When again, now we retroactively regard anything touched by the Amara, it says Tameh, the Mishnah says, Mad Bilin es HaKalim Shahayu Ba Migdash. Simply means that we would have to immerse basically all of the Kalim of the base of Migdash that had presumably been touched by Amaharats. Now, it's not a problem to remove a Kalim of the base of Migdash to purify them, put them in the mikvah, except one of the Kalim, the Shulchan. The Pasik says about the Shulchan. Which supports the Lachma Panim, Tar says, Shem says, Lachma Panim shall be Lafanai Tamid, it must be before me constantly. And therefore, we, unless you're absolutely necessary, would not want to remove the Shulchan to immerse it. Now, the truth is, the Shulchan stood in the Hechel itself, in the Hechel building, and it wouldn't let the general public inside that area of the base of Migdash. However, the Gemara tells us that during the Regalim, they would bring the shulchan with the lechem upon him out into the open. I mean, yeah, even though it says lefanai tamid, but we make an exception for that to show the people, the masses, the shulchan with the fresh lechem upon him on them, for people to see that open miracle, to impress upon them Shem's love for us that he allows these open miracles to occur in the base of Migdash. And thus, there was a risk that maybe Amiaritz would touch the shulchan, and then that would require us to do something that we seek to avoid of it taking the shulchan out, to have to immerse it, and then wait for a nightfall for it to be pure. So the Misha says, to avoid that, when they would bring the shulchan out for people to see it on the regalim, they would give a stern warning, everybody should go back away, be very careful not to be metame the shulchan. You could look at it, but not touch we have the word Uba Menorah in the parentheses, but it's a printer's there, it's not supposed to be in the Mishnah. Because it was just specifically the Shulchan where it would be a big problem if that were touched by an Amaretz. That again it says, Lafane Tamid, you can't take out the Shulchan, it doesn't say that about the Menorah. And you might be wondering, how could we go and take the Kalim, the base of Migdash, to immerse them when they're needed for the daily functioning service of the base of Migdash? The Mishnah explains, Kola Kalim Shahiba Migdash Yeshlam Shniim Ushlishim. There were at least two backups for every keli, the base of Migdashim, Nitma, Rishonim, Yavu, Shniim, Tachdein. So, in the event that the regular Kli used becomes Tame, so it's out of commission temporarily, we have a backup to use in the meantime. The mission concludes with the teaching that Kol HaKelim, Shayyiba, Migdash, Teunin, Tevila, all of the Kelim of the base of Migdash would have to be immersed after the festival ended because of the issue of Tumas Amaretz. 
except for the inner golden mizbech, the smaller mizbech that was kept in the heichel. The guitarist was burned on it every day. It was made of wood with a, a plating of gold. The Mishnah says, this, Kaili the base of Megdash, umizbach nechoshes, as well as the copper mizbeach. So this actually refers to mizbeach that only existed in the time of Moshe Rabbeinu in the Mishkan. Then the outer primer mizbeach was made of wood with a plating of copper. The mizbeach of the base of Megdash, though, was made of stone. So it certainly wasn't pervious to Tumba. But in any case, let's say in the time of the Mishkan, that it's the wooden mizbeach coated with gold and the wooden mizbeach coated with copper, the Mishnah teaches these two mizbachos, Kalim and the base of Migdash, are impervious to any Tumish. They can't become Tameh, because the Pasik refers to these mizbachos as a mizbeach of earth. I mean, he uses that description of the copper mizbeach and then the Pasik connects these two mizbachos so the same your title applies to the mizbach hazav. And so, since the Pasuk refers to these altars as earth altars, this teaches us that just as the earth, the ground, cannot become Tameh, neither may these Mizbachos. These are the words of Rebbe Eliezer. However, these altars are subject to mitzupin, since they're plated with metal. That is, without the metal plating, they wouldn't be subject to Tumah, because the rule is that a wooden utensil that's meant to remain in one spot isn't subject to tumma. But the chum say, and because of the metal plating, they're classified as metal utensils, where the rule is that even if they're meant to remain stationary, they're subject to tumma. So these are subject to tumma, and the chachamim do not agree with Rebbeleezer's drasha, they don't darshan from Mizbacha Dhamma to say that they're not subject to Tumah. So the Rabbanans say, therefore, they are subject to Tumah. This concludes Mesechtas Chagiga and Seder Moed Mazeltov on the completion of Mesechtas Chagiga and Seder Moed. Yeah, hey, Lord, 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 yeah, hey, Lord,